Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, the fifth chapter, the 11th to the 21st verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you are able, please stand for the reading. Since then, we know what is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others what we are in, wait, is plain to God. And I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to command ourselves to, to you again, but are trying, wait, what? But are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died died and he died for all one that died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again so from now on we regard him no one word from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if any, if anyone is in Christ, the all creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God and who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the word to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. God made him who has, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that I him, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Is it on? Can you hear me? Okay. It's been a minute. Haven't seen y'all in a minute. Haven't been here. I missed y'all. 
So today I'm going to be giving my message on new beginnings. I'd like to start by reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So I just want to jump into it from there. So now to grow from being immutable, which is the inability to change, there has to be a structure of faith and grace in your own life. So throughout my message, I'm going to tell you what grace is, what grace does, what grace has done for me, and what grace can do for you. So what grace is, is the unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. So there's this one saying that once you hit rock bottom, there's nowhere to go but up from there. So when I was reading 1 Corinthians all the way to 2 Corinthians, all I could think of that can only be the true definition of who Paul was as a creature, not yet growing from Christ, but starting his journey to grow through Christ. There were many times when Paul was alone, poor, hungry, and homeless. Not because he was those things and many, many more. The people of Corinth and people around him questioned why he of all people was sent down to speak on forgiveness, worshiping, servanthood, and warnings from Christ. They questioned why he of all people spoke even in general. But to be a true Christian leader, it is not about the status or self-promotion, the abundance of jewels on your golden crown, the pedestal you stand on, the throne in which you sit upon, or the silk robes draped around your shoulders. Because Paul had none of those physical luxuries. But what Paul did have was the prospective crown of righteousness. Paul also wore whip marks, scars, bruises from previous beatings, and he held on to a long list of a rap sheet. There's a, second, there's a section in 2 Corinthians that is titled, Paul boasts about his hardships. It's almost a page long, and he talks about everything he's been through. Um, from when I read the section, I saw that what Paul learned is suffering is the occasion for experiencing the passion of God. What we got from it is God's strength is sufficient through any time and through any situation. So Paul merely pinched the surface of death multiple times, not yet grasping it. His experiences led to a revelation of a new commitment to Christ. Paul tells us that to follow Christ is to follow him into suffering, but we can be encouraged that God comes beside us to comfort and console, to strengthen and to guide. Now, unless you are being harassed, no one can make you join or believe in something you don't want to. So it becomes a point that when it's your time and it becomes your own time to make your choices in life, it's now up to you to take that initiative to become open and more vulnerable only for Christ. And once you have, there's this new huge leap, which is water baptism. It's where you enter this body of water. Yeah, you have your pastor, but it's really just you in the water with God. You enter with your demons on your left and your past self on your right. You're all dunked under, under the water. And when you slowly rise up and hit the surface, it's just you and God at this point. So now it's just an A and B relationship. There's no people or obstacles that can keep you from being with God at this point. So imagine you're in this cool new relationship 24-7, 365 days a year, a lifetime. 
So imagine you get irritated with this person. You think they don't like you anymore. You think you're, you think you're just irritating and everything. But let me tell you about this new relationship I'm in. So Pastor Matt, get this. I'm in this relationship with God. Don't tell nobody, because I don't know if it's, if it's real yet. I just want to just test it out. So let's get it. I've had um, issues in my past where I'm like, I don't know if this is working out. I think we should take a break. There's been points where it's like, I can't, but I want to break up. I don't know how, if you're feeling it, but I think we should break up. I don't like you. I don't want to talk to you. Don't call me. Don't text me. Period. There's a point where it's like, therapy could save us, but you can't have therapy with God. It's called prayer. There's this point where, so I'm going to call my attorney. I want you to get your nasty clothes, your musty dog, your dang car out my driveway, ASAP. It's none of those things because once you have been baptized, he literally set his seal of ownership on you. He put a deposit in my heart, deposit, which is a deposit guaranteeing what is to come for myself. So when I hear deposit, I think of a bank account, specifically savings, because that's the money for your future. In this scenario, committed faith is being interpreted by money. So let's say you make this huge deposit into your savings account, and you're just making deposit after deposit after deposit after deposit. That money is continually growing until one day you have to make this huge withdrawal, withdrawals being continual sins, which keep you from growing. So after you make this withdrawal, it's almost like you're stuck, but not completely, because as long as you don't ever have that negative balance, you can work on earning interest. Interest is being incurred money, but in this case, blessings. It's not necessarily anything to get pre-excited about, but without you noticing, it grows on its own, slowly but surely. Eventually, you'll notice a difference. It's subtle, but it's still there. This is part of God's grace. So what God's grace is, is, the, is it bestows gifts unto those who do not necessarily deserve or earn it. Because, remember, whatever activities we have done, it almost took away all of our money towards our future. But God saw us struggling. What Paul also says is, God doesn't value pain or suffering. What he does value is humility and weakness, because his love and power are made known through the suffering, death, and the resurrection of Christ. So he said, here, I'm going to bestow upon you grace in the form of a loan. Do with it as you please, but physically you cannot pay me back for this loan. It's all about the deposits that you make after it. So I promise I'm done with the math. But <laughs> how I was able to connect committed faith through the interpretation of a savings account was because this semester I've been taking business and economics. I have two amazing teachers, Mr. Miller and Mr. Reed, who have continually drilled into my head. I cannot be successful without commitment, vice versa. Without commitment, I myself cannot be successful. Personally, I know of my new beginnings. This is my grace, because I know what God's grace has done for me. Starting from my grandma nanny to my dad, down to me, I've been blessed to be able to play, read, and write music. From my own life, I've taken many withdrawals. My mom knows this personally. Many withdrawals. By not practicing multiple times, 
giving up, I've given up on piano so many times, it's sad. I've still been able to come back to it any time and play the same and even grow from then, but at some points, I just gave up on myself and I, I still could not figure out why. I didn't put in as much effort or have even the amount of dedication to become better than what I was. You would have thought that from my dad's passing, I would have tried a little harder, but by losing my commitment, my dad gave me my commitment, I was no longer prolonging my own success. It wasn't that I was setting myself up for failure, rather, I was starting to recognize my own prolonging depression. I didn't realize I had such deep depression until I lost what made my success. But what I found through my new beginnings is every time my mom threw at me, you need to practice, she would give me that boost of energy, but then I just lose it and I never figured out why. Every time I had a piano teacher, and I've had a lot of piano teachers, a lot. So like Miss Amy, Miss Leslie, Mr. Kevin, Miss Kat, Miss Bryce, Miss Miss Westbrook, lucky number seven, Miss Teresa Keene. I'm so blessed to have found her. She waived my audition because she doesn't take new students unless you audition for her, but because she, I am her only female black pianist and I strictly only play classical music, she waived my audition and I'm blessed to have been an apprentice to Miss Keene now. I've been able to find my new beginning through every song or sound of a note, a stroke of the key that I've fallen in love with. Music for me is my own world that I live in where I see myself as a new, happier person. I could turn to music when I'm just at my lowest point and I can't talk to anybody. I could turn to music when I'm happy. But what I found is through music, I didn't know what depression was anymore because I found my revelation by the grace of God bestowing music and the technicalities and genres back into my life every time I decided to quit. So, by giving my examples of what grace is, what grace does, and what grace can do for you, unlike my new beginning through music, Paul's new beginning looked nothing at all like success. His new beginnings came through beatings, through whippings, through shipwrecks, through near-death experiences, yet at a point where you would have thought, okay, how much more could he have taken? He never died. That was his point of revelation where he saw I wouldn't call it benefits, but like experiences through benefits of beatings, you get it? <laughs> Where he turned his life around. Once Paul became born again, he no longer starved, would no longer be hungry or homeless, and never would he bear another lashing. Because now he wore the crown of righteousness, robes of forgiveness, and held innocence in God's eyes. Through his revelation of grace, through Christ, Paul now has become justified by faith. Now, if you're still trying to wrap your mind around grace, I know I made things really around Paul and myself, but reading about his life, I have to keep mentioning him. It's only right, because he literally has witnessed, experienced, and transformed through grace. For yourself to seek grace, it all starts with baptism, a journey towards Christ. From now until then, you have been born again. You now wear the crown of righteousness. You hold your own robes of forgiveness and now are innocent in the God, in eyes of God. Thank you.